Hardy. Welcome to the Between Two Wheels podcast, episode 208. You've probably been wondering where you have... Well, today we're going to talk about the Giro. We're going to talk about the Vuelta and maybe a little Flanders update. Not Ned, but the Tour of Flanders. This is Tyler Yonke and welcome to the Between Two Wheels podcast. You know, we try to do this on a weekly basis, but um, had a little getting back to work um, pretty heavily. A lot of the COVID things have pushed people indoors and made them fight. So I've got a lot of domestic violence restraining orders to take care of. Uh, it's a benefit for me uh, as a work issue, but you as a podcast guest, a listener, fan, hater, what have you, which we'll talk about a little bit as well, um, maybe a little bit more difficult to sustain. But anyway, we're here and I hope you can join us. Once again, we are back live streaming on the uh, Between Two Wheels podcast YouTube channel. Hey, I had some legal wrangling to do with Flow Sports, Flow Bikes. Um, maybe we'll talk about that at one point. Basically, um, they <laughs> do the normal counterclaim. They came after me. They're looking to service. They want to take us to trial, to court. Uh, that's just not going to happen. It's not worth it. We don't make any money on this. Um, they're full of it as far as their um, indications of what I'm actually doing on a copyright, totally legit. Uh, but what they can do, and this happens all the time, is they just have, they have, what am I going to do? I'm going to really fight for this. I'm going to just want to stream a few little items here on this, this dinky little channel. No, that's not going to happen. So made a deal with them. I'm not going to just post their shit up there. No big deal. Um, but we'll still do live stream. At least I could get back to live streaming on the channel and uh, do race reports. So we're gonna talk a little bit about that. Um, took a little bit of break with that. I uh, took a trip out to Boise, Idaho. Little remembrance of my racing out there, the Boise crit. Once again, one of the most fantastic crits. Think of San Rafael, um, only better, is it? I don't know. I, I like the course out there. It's, it's flat, it's fast. Uh, it's just a great atmosphere. But what for me was interesting, and it was also the site of my first ever sanctioned USCF uh, USA Cycling, US, USCF, we called it back in the day, uh, race. Um, did that in the early 90s. That was before they had Cat 5. So it was a Cat 4 race. I did a crit out there, not the Boise Twilight crit, but it was a race the next day. So we went and watched the Boise crit. And then we did that the next day. And my friend won it. Uh, I got third. And this was in the 90s. And I, I didn't, interesting point, I didn't have a jersey. So um, well, I did. I had a 7-Eleven team replica jersey, which you can't race in. So there was a bike shop that was open. I went and found this jersey, plain jersey, to buy that day so I can I race. Uh, and then I won a jersey for third place in the race that day. It was a, a cutoff sleeve, <laughs> sleeveless jersey, and it said, support your 1984 Olympic team. This was in the 90s, so that's how long that had been on the rack. Okay, uh, let's get to some things here. We're going to do a recap of... So been away. Thought I'd talk real quick about uh, Flanders, which was another chance to rely on the infighting that we saw again Wevelgum between um, Vanderpool and Wout Van Ert. Uh, remember Wevelgum, Mads um, Peterson, Seneschal, Trenton, Bediel, uh, Kong, Devin Kolb, Lampert, Van Ert, Vanderpool. They were all in a break together. And Van Ert and Van Pol, uh, Vanderpool and Van Ert, you'd expect those two to kind of be the, the, the big boys in the bunch. Of course, you have the former world, you know, former, just as a few months there. Mads Pedersen, world champion in the break there as well, with Trenton, another good sprinter. But uh, Wout Poles and, I'm sorry, Wout Van, Van, Vanderpool and Wout Van Ert, they, um, they decided to just watch each other. 
So Matthew Vanderpoel, we'll call him MVP, uh, MVDP. I don't know. Um, and Wout, they watched each other where they got eighth and ninth across the line, and Mads Pedersen ended up getting the sprint win there. I don't know whose fault that was. It looked kind of funny um, that those two guys actually had a, even a time gap between them because uh, Mads, Seneschal, and Trenton went up the road. This is all like in the last K. Uh, Mads Pedersen with a great win over Seneschal and then Trenton, and then you had Betty All, Kong, Degenkolt, Lampert. They were all kind of there in the next little bunch. And then behind, two little tottering uh babies in a sense um yelling at each other. i don't know what they were doing um the point is you go into flanders and there's a redemption they got vanderpool wout vanert and they had ala philippe in the mix i ala philippe's there and we should probably talk about this i would show video but i don't want to have a, an issue where we um can't actually uh show it and we get clicked out there so um it's like 35k or so to the finish you have wout you had vanderpool and alaphilippe in the mix they've all they crushed it up these climbs they're moving on up uh there's a motorbike you know that's filming them and uh van Ertz on the front he goes past it vanderpool is not quite paying as much attention so he does a little swerve to make sure he misses it on his right hand side alaphilippe blows right into this thing flips over bikes up in the air and he goes down and out and what's He's gone. So then it's those two. And in the sprint, Vanderpool, Matthew Vanderpool, um, bike throw over Vanert. He let it out, actually. Uh, Vanderpool did, and he gets the sprint win over Vanert very closely, followed by Christoph, Turgis, Lampert, Clays, Nason, Van Barl, Degenkolb, and Benut. So let's go back to the crash. Um, he goes down. I think he broke his hand, but he's in the middle of the road. Uh, the brake, you know, there's this whole thing is split up, and they start coming he's just laying in the road he being uh alaphilippe he's not getting up it's a broken hand dude you didn't break your neck and it seems to me it's so i mean typically what i mean i've had those things and your your instant thing is let's move out of the way i don't want to cause a problem this is where i have a problem with him is he just lays in the road the whole caravan's coming by they've all got to watch out for him because he's in the middle of the road and he has no sense of getting up and around because I think he wanted the cameras on him. He wanted everyone to understand that he got crashed out of the break. But he's so jumpy as a rider. You know, we saw this um, almost taking down, you know, in, in my copyright strike uh, with uh, the, the race itself. Uh, Liege, I believe it was, where he got, well, he did. He got relegated, um, almost took out Roglic multiple times and those guys that were with him in the break just a jumpy rider and not paying attention. The motorbike wasn't, I think, doing anything wrong. It was parked on, I mean, it's, it happens, parked on the side of the road. Wout didn't have any trouble going there. Like I said, Vanderpool did a little squirmish thing around him. And then uh, is Lefevre, is he, is he setting out uh, his attorneys to combat and to uh, take this on? I don't know. Seems a very unfortunate situation. Um, I, it would have been an interesting sprint there, um, and maybe you would have had a little bit more attacking because three-way is just a little bit different than those two guys going at it. But I still think you would have had, as it comes down to it, Wout's a very good sprinter. So if Vanderpool is able to eke out a bike throw over him, I think both of those also have um, their their leg up on Alaphilippe. Although Alaphilippe, you never know. He's a, he's a crafty little rider, and you never know what can happen there. All right, let's recap the Giro real quick. Then we'll hit the Vuelta, and then, oh, look, I'm even wearing my Mountains Climber red shirt for the Vuelta, so everything's in, in coach that. I don't have any uh, Giro d'Italia gear, so uh, sorry about that. If you want to talk about the first week recap, you have to go back to episode 207. We did a little bit of that. 
uh, week two. So COVID-19 expelled, Kreuzwick was positive, and then this whole team left, Jumbo Visma. There's a little problem with that. Uh, Michael Matthews went out. Uh, he was tested positive. Later came back that it was a incorrect positive. I don't I haven't heard of, of Kreuzwick's was a legit one. Um, I also heard that Gaviria tested positive again. Um, who knows? You know, he was in the hospital from you know quarantined. I guess the first time he was one of the very first people and writers to get it when COVID all first happened around March there. Um, so you had that, you had EF then wanting to stop the race altogether. They got yelled at by, and matter of fact, uh, the, the Bengi, I think his name is the, the director for the Giro. He wants to, um, have some issues. He wants their licenses and penalties for jumbo for pulling out completely. He wants something around EF for writing a letter to say that, um, it's too dangerous. Uh, Thomas DeGant was said it was dangerous for him to be in the Giro. Uh, really? I mean, I, I get it. You, you got COVID uh, around there. They're all concerned. Um, you know, they have their bubbles and stuff, but dangerous. I mean, you're seeing guys, I think it was um, one of the other crit races, you know, these guys are wrecking. And what's, as an example, do you think Froome would have it if he said, hey, you can get COVID right, you know, this year, middle of the season, or uh, have your wreck from last year? Which one do you think he would choose? I think he would take COVID over having that wreck last year because that wreck pretty much is, I think, ruined his the rest of his career. It's just it's the host Yoshiba Balaki type of situation, and he's not quite the same. So I don't know that you're going to get COVID, people. It's just it's going to happen. Um, deal with it, and you're probably not going to die. That's 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 the sum of that one. So anyway, Degant, uh, you kept on riding. Good for you, uh, Demar. He wins about three or four stages. Uh, Sagan finally got his stage win on stage 10. Uh, McNulty was second that day. Um, then we got stage 14. It was a time trial. No surprise. Filippo Ghana, the world champion, destroys everybody. But what's interesting on that one, Rohan Dennis was second, like 40-some seconds. And then he had a really strong third-place finish by Brian Brandon McNulty, uh, UAE American. Uh, he jumped from 11th all the way up into fourth place that day. Uh, stage 15, though, was uh, quite the – that was stage 14 – Stage uh, 15 was a turning point. Gegenhart, he wins the stage over Kelderman. Uh, Jaihin Lee and Almeida finally losing some time. Uh, Jao Almeida rides for uh, Dequana Quickstep. Kind of a surprise. Uh, I think he's Portuguese, Portugal. Um, doing really well in the race the whole time. I'm not a fan of his riding style. Reminds, <laughs> reminds me of the, some of the French riders, the mouth wide open. Who does that? You, when you're out there riding, you're really hurting. Are you having your tongue way out? That's almost more energy. You know, you see the guys that are really suffering. It's a, it's a crimped face. It's the tongue's not out. I think the tongue out is a display of look at me. And um, I got a lot of that from Jao Almeida. Now, I'll give him some, some credit for his fighting, though. Um, anyway, he finally loses some time. McNulty goes from the day before. He went from 11th up to 4th. He drops all the way out back to 11th place, and then we kind of just saw him disappear in the race. He did have some other um, good results, but not quite the, what you would expect from there. Um, but he wasn't a factor from then on. Uh, stage 16, uh, Ben O'Connor, NTT, he gets a chance to uh, get the win, but uh, Jan Trotnik of Bahrain Merida ends up out kicking him on the final little uh, clip up to the line. So he gets second place that day. Then the very next day, though, Ben O'Connor turns it around. He then turns the tables and gets his win over the Bahrain again, rider uh, Pernsteiner. Um, then we've got some interesting things with 18. 19 wasn't so great. Stage 20 and stage 21 with the time trial. So stage 18, they go over the Stelvio. That's like a 24, I think they said it was 24 kilometer climb. Brutal, but it wasn't the final climb. So you hit that around 50 or 60K to go, go over the top of the climb, go down a little bit of a, 
through the valley and then they hit the final climb, which was like another 9K or so. Uh, what was interesting, and maybe it's the, the, the debate to be had, is Jalameda starts to, and this is what's great, this happens both days where the second to last climb, the action takes place instead of just everything waiting for like the last 5K. You know, 24K uh, up on this climb, they're about halfway up or so. Kelder, uh, already getting peeled off, the, the pink jersey. Uh, Kelderman now is then trying to hold on. So it's him, his teammate, Jao, uh, Jai Hindley from Australia. You got then another Australian in Ineos, uh, Rohan Dennis, pulling his teammate, Teo Gegenhardt, the Englishman. And pretty soon, Kelderman's having trouble and Hindley's hanging on. So Hindley and Teo Gegenhardt, they're like a few seconds off of each other, uh, but they're still, um, I th want to say about that point, a minute or so back from Kelderman, maybe almost two minutes back from Kelderman. Hindley lets his teammate straggle, struggle all the way behind and doesn't end up going back. It's a, it's a close call. I mean, I'm, at the time I'm like, do you actually do that? I mean, maybe because what happens is they go over the climb. There's like 40 second gap at this point, but then you have Rohan Dennis still with Tal Gegenhart and he starts drilling it over the top and uh, through the valley. You've got a time, one of the best we just said, he was second place to, you know, former world champion time trialer too, drilling it through the valley, just pulling Gegenhart and Jai Hindley at this point, puts on another 20, 30 seconds. So I think they hit the bottom of the climb with like a minute 10, minute 20. Um, next thing you know, Dennis is gone, Teo Gegenhart hits the front and he's just, he's basically the one doing all the work. It's an interesting contrast, Gegenhart and Hindley. Hindley's a, he spins quite nicely, Gegenhart pushes a bigger gear and they push them way, themselves all the way up to the top of the climb, over the top for the finish, Jai Hindley jumps tail and gets the win, gets a little bonus seconds. And they are, I think virtually tied on time or not quite tied on climb uh, time, they're close. But in the end, they, they put enough time over um, Jao Meta, what he gets out of the pink jersey, but um, Kelderman comes through and saves himself. I think he has like 12, 13 seconds or so as a gap there. Tight finish, but what do you do? Well, you've got Sunweb. They now have um, their man Kelderman in the pink jersey, um, but just right behind, you saw a really strong display from Gegenhart and Rohan Dennis, and you got another big climb uh, the, the two days later uh, up the uh, Siestrier when they do repeats up that. Stage 19, in the middle between those two, there's no change on GC, and uh, Joseph Scherny, I think he's a Polish guy for CCC, takes the win. I don't know if that's CCC's first win of the season. Um, eh, I don't even know what's going on with that, that team there. Stage 20, much like a similar repeat. Once again, they're repeating up. I think they go up yesterday, do it three times. Uh, the final time up, uh, McNulty's up in a break. Uh, he actually gets caught on the last time up, can't hold on to the guys in the lead. But uh, second time up, you've got Kelderman getting distance again and Jal Almeida just hangs on and um, does his thing, hanging on to Rohan Dennis and Tel Gegenhardt. Last time up there, Jai Hindley keeps attacking, not getting any distance and holds on to uh, Kelderman. They keep letting Rohan Dennis come back. In the end, though, Tel Gegenhardt, by the way, up there, um, Jal had taken a time bonus. So I think he had taken a little bit of a lead. They go over the top. They have the finish, sprint finish. Teo Gegenhardt ends up winning the stage. He also gets the extra time bonuses. They are locked dead even on time. They both have a gap about a minute and a half, minute 40 or so over Kelderman. And since they're uh, same equal time, even though Gegenhardt won that day, it's a count back to the stage before. And whoever got the highest placing, well, Zhao won the stage before, um, or actually uh, 
two days before that. So he gets the count back and he gets the pink jersey. So going to the final time trial, 30-some K, he always knew it was going to be tough for Hindley. I mean, he's a he's definitely a, more of your pure climber type. Uh, Kelderman's like a minute and a half or so, minute 40 back. Uh, Ghana ends up blowing everybody away as he's wont to do. Um, no one else is really, you know, you're concerned too much about. In the end, you get uh, Hindley loses 39 seconds to Tail Gegenhart, who never got to wear the pink jersey, uh, did win two stages of the, of the tour. Hindley wins the stage himself, second at 39 uh, seconds. Kelderman's third at 129. Almeida comes in fourth. He actually jumps up a spot, I think, over Pill Bavao to 257. Uh, so the big questions there is, should Hindley have waited for Kelderman, stage 18 or even possibly stage 20? Uh, stage 18 may have allowed him to, both of them might have been able to get back to Rohan and uh, Tail Gegenhart. Uh, but in the end, I think, especially when you saw how much um, Kelderman lost on both days, you just don't probably do that. Too bad they didn't have another climber to really help because Kelderman was out on his own for about 40 kilometers uh, and only on, on stage 18 and didn't actually lose as much time as you thought he might actually do. So in the end, it's probably uh, probably the right call to do. I mean, Hindley came out and said, oh, yeah, we didn't put a, <laughs> we didn't put a step wrong as far as team tactics go. Well, yeah, dude, it, it helped you um, be able to get up in there. Um, Almeida, he did an amazing job in Giro. I think he had the, you know, probably the majority of the race. He had the leader's jersey. Uh, very impressive. I mean, it took it on, I think, stage three up to Mount Etna and then held it on till you know, stage 18. So very impressive for him. I did not expect that. Once again, I saw him fighting a lot and being able to do the well. Rowan Dennis comes through as one of the most great teammates here for Ineos that they could have. And what a, what a day they have on that Sunday. Uh, not only did they get the win there, I think, in the Vuelta that day, uh, Jonathan um, uh, Navarro. I'm trying to – I don't have to remember his name. Um, uh, or is it Castro Viejo that won that day uh, for Ineos? So they, they ended up winning all the way around. Or Carapaz went into the lead. That's what it was. So you had uh, Rowan Dennis being a great teammate and an amazing ride. And overall, you get um, Tal Gegenhart, young Ineos rider, amazing job. You know, I don't know if it's so much of a surprise. You, I saw him uh, tour California just laying it down for Egan Bernal. I've seen him in several other uh, races, being able to, to put the, the medal down as well. And so seeing him come through was not a tremendous surprise. Plus you had a lot of guys, you know, Thomas crashed out or uh, did he crash out? I don't know. He went out early. Um, you know, Corey's wick was out. You had a, just a weird situation with a Giro in one spot in there in the middle. It was kind of bored as far as, you know, like you got Jao Almeida in the lead here. You know, where's, where's some excitement? Um, I mean, the whole um, Jumbo Visma team was out of it as well. Um, once again, too bad, but Kroizik getting the, the COVID. I didn't hear if that was a false positive. I know that um, Michael Matthews uh, actually did. Okay. Well, now we have the Vuelta. So that's the end of that. This is the last big race of the year. Um, obviously the last, uh, and what you're seeing with the, both of these races, you know, um, the Giro uh, got some shortened stages. You know, that one up to Sestriere there, that's that's a famous climb, not only for the Giro, but for the Tour. I think it was 1992, Claudio Chiapucci. Uh, one up there, you know, the tour every once in a while runs itself into uh, Italy and um, they went up to Siestrier and it's been, it's been famously uh, showcased for the tour and for the uh, Giro. Now the Vuelta is coming on late in the year and the weather has kind of played a part, you know, playing a part a little bit with the Giro too. I just imagine some of these guys are like, Hey, I usually do the Vuelta, get a lot of sunshine. 
Not this time. So stage one starts out right away. They start on a Tuesday. They missed the first you know, weekend or so. They're shortened it to 18 stages for that effect. Um, still having two rest days. So stage one starts out with a blistering climb. You see um, Roglic, Sepkus doing their same thing. It's like, you know, repeat of, of what we just saw on the tour for the most part. And the Vuelta, stage one went to Roglic uh, Mountains jersey to Sepkus. So impressive for him. And Sep said, hey, usually it takes me a little bit warming up into the race. And I felt great coming up on stage one. Stage two, Soler, Mark Soler wins. I think it was in his hometown. You ever saw that on the, the um, movie star Netflix documentary? Uh, I think it was the same area where he was raising his hand, being all pissy and showing these kind of little turd. Uh, well, he actually gets his chance this time, tacks up on the final climb, gets a stage win. Second place goes to Roglic, Sep in ninth place. And what you're seeing there is Sep, instead of having a big day of getting dropped out, uh, he's trying to keep himself up front. Dumoulin had come into this race saying, look, I, I fully plan to race for the win. Nope. First day up to climb, he loses a bunch of time. Uh, he's out. So George Bennett was in closely there, but you've been seeing Sepp Cuss just doing his thing and looking great. Uh, stage three, Dan Martin with the last great about 500 meters just uh, did his, his, his you know, he can really do that. You can see him, you know, he sprints up and over the top and Roglic wasn't able to come around. He gets second place on the day. Um, stage four, Sepp was in ninth that day. Uh, stage four, sprint finish for Sam Bennett. Uh, really good over Philipson. Um, was it Jakob Philipson, uh, or is that who? Um, we'll have to go to the tape here. Maybe I'm mis misremembering some of the um, actual. Would you say stage four? All right, let's take a look at stage four and the results. Sam Bennett, Jasper Philipson. Yeah, I think Jakob um, is the guy that's in the hospital, probably. Um, Pipped him at the line, you know, some of the, it was really interesting. I saw one of the reports that, you know, he's like Sam Bennett blew the doors off. It. Well, no, he came from behind. Uh, Jasper took a real good turn out of the last corner, jumped it and was able to uh, almost, I thought he was going to get the win, but uh, for UAE, but he did not. Um, the GC from there, it was Ruglich, Dan Martin, Carapaz. So you got Carapaz, who is actually looking really good right now and probably a little bit, um, you know, worried about him. Uh, so you go into stage five. Tim Wellens gets in a little break uh, with Guillaume Martin. Martin lost time initially as well, but he's been really active. And you don't really see him necessarily in the breaks, but you've been, uh, you know, portent of things to come. Been seeing him in the breaks and doing well uh, over Arnsman and Roglic was the best of the rest. Uh, stage six, he had some really foul weather. This was right before the rest day, Sunday. Um, a jacket issue, evidently a miscue fires uh, for uh, Roglic. And yeah, <laughs> Got to talk about this, but uh, over in the, I think it was up the Stelvio, you had Jai Hindley coming over the top, having trouble like forever trying to put his jacket on. Same with Kelderman and a few other guys. So, a little, and matter of fact, Kelderman actually at one point just takes it off, rips it, and throws it away. Um, this is a similar issue, except it was a pouring rain. Uh, I guess Ruglich was trying to put his jacket on. There's a little split in the group. This is second to last climb. Um, he had to fight his way back into it for the last climb, a sep cusack. And then there's a, a split that happens when he got distanced. And then um, he had to fight his way up there. He said he was pretty spent just getting back up to the group when the final climb happened. I don't know what happened to Sepp. He ends up losing nine minutes or so, nine or ten minutes, and uh, was was missed. I'm presuming it, he missed the split as well. That was said, but I'm presuming that it was, look, yeah, really cold. It's rainy. You missed the split. You're not the leader for the, the race. You just kind of like, you know, ride that last bit. I'm a little disappointed because it gives Jumbo 
for at least Roglic, gives him a little bit more of an opportunity, a chance when you got more guys up the front. Uh, in the end, you had this whole mountain was just disintegrated as far as riders going. Jan Izagira ends up getting, I think it was Jan, ends up getting the win. And um, Carapaz attacks out of the group. You see that um, Roglic is missing the split. And there's other guys going up the road. Mike Woods goes up there. I think he had already been in the break. And in the end, you have Yanni uh, Zagiri, Mike Woods, Rui Costa, Robert Power. That's a great name, by the way, Power. Michael Valgren, Guillaume Martin. I think they were all in the break. And then the best of the rest, uh, Hugh Carthy comes in just ahead and drops actually uh, Carapaz. Carapaz has been blowing this thing up the climb. Um, he ends up, you know, from Hugh Carthy, 48 seconds off of the win of Izagiri. You've got Carapaz, 55 seconds. So he, uh, Hugh takes a little bit of time out of him. Poles, uh, Soler had been up in the break. And then all the way down here in 20th place is Roglic at 138 back. So you got a total change of the general classification with Carapaz going into the lead over Hugh Carthy, Dan Martin, 20 seconds, Primoz Roglic, 30 seconds. And way down here in 23rd place, Sepp Kuss loses 17 um, places uh, to 23rd. Have a rest day, and then coming in today was stage seven. Um, no, it was windy, but it wasn't quite like uh, what you had had on the uh, the previous day with all the rain. But uh, they went over this beautiful section that they went through in the Basque Country, and uh, they went up this. If you get a chance to actually watch it, it's pretty good. But um, as far as the, the the profile goes, it's the same climb up the Porta de Orduna, and they, this pretty famous climb in the tour of the Vuelta. I think they've done it since the 50s. They've never done a mountaintop finish there, but you can see it's pretty nasty um, grade all the way up to the top. What was interesting about it was it pretty much had a lot of switchbacks and it was kind of leveled out and then the switchbacks would come and kind of be pitching up and you had a lot of um, wide open headwind. So there's a break of like, well, started out early, Sepkos gets in this move, then a break swells to about 36. You got um, Guillaume Martin is up there. Um, uh, George Bennett for Lotto, they, he makes the group as well, so that's good for them. But then you have Valverde, he's only, you know, two and a half, three minutes or so uh, off the lead. And this break never got more than like 210. It was hovering between 130 and 210. They're going up the climb for the last time. Sepp Kuss had taken the lead, King of the Mountain jersey uh, points. Uh, the first time up the climb, this time they're, they're fighting for it. And you're thinking, oh, Sepp is just going to destroy this thing or at least look good. But, you know, they have, you can see the profile there. They come out, they have about 20 kilometers or so to the finish once they go over the top. Uh, the climb, Sepp is uh, attacking, but he's always looking back and you start to realize that he's actually working for not necessarily as King of the Mountains, but he's working for George Bennett to try to get more time, get him moving up in the top 10. And the problem with that is uh, there's too much headwind for both of these guys. It's just the, the, their group never really splits. And then when you get those two little climbers on the front, what you end up seeing is they just can't power away. However, about, I don't know, five or so K from the top, Mike Woods sets out and he gets a big gap. You keep seeing Valverde, Fraley, uh, Nans Peters, Guillaume Martin trying to go. Pretty soon they do form a gap over the George Bennett, Sepp Kuss group. They don't catch uh, Woods until over the top. Uh, on going down the other side, Guillaume Martin takes the, the points for the second place. He ends up getting the, the Mountains jersey. Then you've got these five, six riders up the road. Omar Fraley, um, Valverde, who's only three minutes out. Mike Woods, Nans Peters, and Guillaume Martin. So those are the guns there. And, and Woods is not working with them. And obviously, for the fact that he's got Hugh Carthy back there, he doesn't want to put him in jeopardy as far as uh, helping uh, Valverde. 
And uh, the announcers are pretty interesting. On I'm watching it on C, uh, NBC, and they're they're kind of confused about this. And then they're saying, "Oh, well, he's got a teammate back there, so he's not doing this." And um, you know, it's going to just really tick everyone. I think everyone understands this. Um, I didn't think it was anything special. And then Valverde is attacking. Woods is countering up there. Woods is obviously going for the win. And the, once again, the announcers <laughs> were floored, as if he made a deal that he wouldn't pull through and not race for the win. No, that's not what's happening. He's not going to pull through, but he's definitely going to race for the win. And you saw that with about 1.2K to go. Mike Woods hits it really hard. There's a headwind, a slight up, and he's able to just hold off to the line. Does a nice post up. Next thing you know, Mike Woods with a win in the Vuelta. Uh, you know, what's interesting there is you have the fact that um, Mike Woods did not get a ride in the Tour de France, right? They put TJ Van Garderen in there. Uh, do you know uh, how TJ's doing? Do you know he's in the Volta? Let's look at the, the teams here for riders for the United States. Uh, not, not Team UAE, sorry. Um, so as far as the United States goes, we have Sepkus, Will Barta for Team CCC, uh, uh, Ian Garrison, TJ Van Garden, and Ogan, Lo Ogan Lowen. Um, TJ, 117th place. He used to be a real good climber and a guy that you would see supporting his riders. Um, he did not, he's not, I don't I'm sure he's doing stuff, but once again, he got the place in the uh, tour over uh, Mike Woods because Mike Woods is going to Israel Startup Nation next year to ride for Froome or Dan Martin, whomever. And uh, Mike Woods, once again, showing that he can um, race just well. What if this would have been EF in the in the tour, you know, I mean, I know they got a stage win with Huerta, but, um, you know, you could have had Mike Woods uh, doing well as well. Um, well, they did get a, another win in the Giro. So that was with Guero, um, you know, in their crazy jerseys. But um, good for Mike Woods, seven stages down, and they've already got a win for EF Education First. I just hope they, once again, like everybody, get to keep the fact that they're, um, they're, they're sponsorship for the rest of the years and, I don't know how their situation is. Um, what do we got coming up? So coming up, stage seven. Um, last That's tomorrow. Um, cat two and a cat one. Last 20K are down and lumpy. So probably not. Probably a breakaway. Probably not going to see a lot of GC battle. However, stage eight uh, to Alto de Montcalvillo. It's a 165 kilometers, a cat two, a final cat one mountaintop finish. Um, then you've got on Thursday, Castrilo de Va to Aguero del Campo. That's going to be a sprinter's day. Another sprinter's day on Friday, on Saturday, on, yeah, on Friday. Uh, and then Saturday, Sunday, you just a little bit more ex uh, in info and I mean, excitement. Alto de la Ferrapona on Saturday, 170 kilometers, a cat three, a one, a one, a one, and a cat one finish. And then we've got Sunday, uh, before the next rest day, um, Pola de la Viana to Alto de Angrilu and up the Angrilu, 109 mile, 109 kilometers, so a pretty short stage. The Cat 3, Cat 3, a 1, a 1, and then the Especial category up the Angrilu. And if you remember that, it's got 20-some switchbacks or so, similar to Alp in that sense, but super steep. Take a look back at, I want to say, uh, 2013, 14, somewhere in there, when uh, Chris Froome won that, his battle up to the top with uh, Vincenzo Nibali. Pretty spectacular, and that should be uh, really exciting uh, going into the weekend. Then we got uh, a rest day, and then we'll have that final week, final week of racing for everybody. How about some predictions? Well, um, Sepp's not, I, I, I wanna say Sepp, just watching him up the climb today, he's not where he was at the Tour de France, but the more I was thinking about it, you start to think about the uh, the fact he was trying to help George Bennett. He 
they both got split off when Guillaume Martin and some of these guys went up the road. But um, that headwind was not conducive for them making the move that they needed to. You needed just a little bit ty- different type of climber. Um, if you didn't have the headwind, I think you could have made a little gap between him and being able to hold out these guys a little bit better. With that said, uh, with there is a headwind, when people do go, you should be able to get on their wheel. But those guys had really been going hard, um, trying to do attacking to get through. So when when um, Valverde and some of the other guys finally went, it maybe just wasn't their shot. So it'll be interesting to see how he is. Carapaz, uh, he is obviously going great. Um, I think Roglic will come back. Um, it's There's an excuse there with the jacket and getting gapped and having to put a big effort before the final climb. So we'll see how it goes the next few days. You know, if his team was making better choices today, getting over the front before some of these wacky situations. And if that continues to happen, um, I think you'll see a good battle because you've got the rest day, like I said, at the end of the week, and then you've got a time trial. 34, I think, kilometer time trial. It's it's almost a remake of stage uh, 20 of the Tour de France where it's flat and then it's got a kicker climb at the end. Not quite the same as the one we have to plunge the Belfi, but um, look at the profile. It's somewhat a little bit similar. So we'll, that's going to be in Roglic's favor as far as that goes. Uh, Dan Martin, um, he's been riding really well, really well but um, I expect him to fade like he typically does. How about some winners and losers? And we're done for the day. Uh, winners, Tao Gegenhardt, obviously, Ineos, uh, Jai Hindley, um, Almeida, for him, his breakthrough. He's supposed to be riding that Vuelta for Revenco. Supcus for the Angrelu says Brian Zimney. Uh, Brian, I totally would agree with you on that, but you know he's got he's got duties to perform, and so we'll see uh, how that works for him. Um, some losers. I'm TJ Van Gotteren, Tom Dumoulin, Stephen Kreuzwick, uh, and then hopefully, hopefully Ineos will be another loser coming up here as well. So we've got, um, I'm going to try to push these still out a uh, week at a time. You know, some people are coming back from racing overseas, and we're going to see if we can get some more interviews working through the winter. Um, maybe get them in office if they are willing to come in here. If not, we'll still do them over Zoom. And I hope you guys are enjoying this. So once again, you know, we've got uh, 208 episodes in the books. Doing what we can. I hope you're enjoying it. Um, Let us know if you have any kind of... um, We'll talk a little bit about the the blow-up with uh, Quinn Simmons and some of the other issues that we've had as far as um, some people, reactions online, and what that is going to be for us. Anyway, take care.